Looking to generate more revenue and build relationships with gamers worldwide? Let Exola be your guide. Exola, a global video game commerce company, has helped thousands of game developers and publishers of all sizes fund, market, launch, and monetize their games globally and across multiple platforms. To learn more, please visit xsolla.pro slash AOIAAS. Hey everyone, I'm Trent Custers, co-founder and studio director at League of Geeks, and this is The Game Maker's Notebook. Today, I've just had a fantastic conversation with Benjamin Coquel, project manager and game designer, and Bruno Laverni, marketing director, both at Ishtar Games. Now, Ishtar Games are the developer of The Last Spell. It's, I mean, they describe it as, and I love this elevator pitch, it's Fire Emblem meets Dynasty Warriors. And so it's a tactics game where you're, um, you know, you're defending a village and it's day and night cycle and hundreds of zombies or undead are trying to attack your village and you're making your way through different villages, saving them, trying to cast the last spell to a... Uh, rid magic of the world. It's a fantastically addicting indie game that's seen significant success uh, in its launch. Just recently, actually, in its full V1.0 launch, um, I recommend you checking it out. But anyway, we go all the way back to how they get into games like we do in the Game Maker's Notebook. Both of them coincidentally got into games with their mothers, perching them a console at a very young age and supporting them through their gaming habit. Super wholesome and sweet. They both go to university and end up at Ishtar Games, their first job in the industry. And almost the, almost immediately, as soon as they get there, development on the last spell starts and begins. And we chart the journey of its development. We talk about the first prototype. We talk about the first trailer and how those things led to them getting funding, whether it be government grants, publishing, how the trailer, even though it was fully animated, essentially served as a, as a, a pillar for them throughout development. Then also, we speak about early access. They had significant success in early access and how they went about marketing their game through NextFest, doing a couple of NextFest, other various Steam events. And so we talk about that indie marketing and Bruno and Benjamin's collaboration and relationship as the project manager and game designer and the communications and marketing director in figuring out the features that are going into the game, going into the demos, how we're marketing them, how they're working with their publishers in getting that word out with influencers and everything. It's super interesting conversation for those of you who are either in the indie space or interested in how these smaller developers, I think they're around 40 folks we get into in the podcast, how they go about marketing these games and the landscape that that occurs in. And then of course, we go through all of that and we talk about their early access development and working with the community, how they structured their updates and the importance of transparency when communicating with your community and talking about your updates and the roadmap. And then we talk about B1.0, how they went about that, the success there. And we wrap up by talking about their next game soon to come out called Lakeburg Legacies. I really hope you enjoy the chat. It's it's incredibly impressive what these two and their broader team have achieved with the last spell. So check out the game and please enjoy the podcast. Welcome to The Game Maker's Notebook, a podcast featuring a series of in-depth one-on-one conversations between game makers providing a thoughtful, intimate perspective on the business and craft of interactive entertainment. The Game Maker's Notebook is presented by the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, a member-driven organization dedicated to the recognition and advancement of interactive entertainment.
Ben, Bruno, good morning. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You're, you're welcome. I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, it, I'm in that phase of playing a game where people are asking me things at work and I'm thinking, if Ricard, my, my rogue, if I make that momentum just a little and I get that trinket and I slot it right on that character, then, and someone's like, are you listening, Trent? And I'm like, no, I'm actually, I'm just thinking about the last spell and how to optimize every single thing in my build. So your game has absolutely got, got me right now. Congrats. It's a, it's an absolutely engrossing, I want to say little game because of the pixel art and how incredibly adorable it is, but it's not a little game at all. It's, it's quite beefy. Yeah, sure. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Uh, look, at the start of this podcast, we we always kick it off by going right back to how we got into games. So, Ben, I'm going to start with you personally. How did you first get into games? What's your earliest memory of them grabbing you? Oh, um, early, uh, earliest memory, uh, playing a game or working on the game? <laughs> Well, let's just just say let's say playing a game and then how it led to you because we're going to do quickly how it led you into knowing that you wanted to make games and getting started okay. on that journey. Um, so yeah, I'm um, I'm a bit young, so uh, my first game was uh, Crash Bandicoot on uh, the PS One. Uh, that's my first uh, player's memory, and um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a platformer kid, like a three D platformer, not. Uh, <laughs> <from> <laughs> In Super Nintendo, yeah, I, I grew I grew with the PlayStation One uh, and Two, and yeah, uh, I, I discovered uh, Jack and Dexter, Ratchet and Clank, uh, and um, yeah, it was really my, my childhood. Uh, all these characters, uh, Spyro, Crash, uh, and um, and after that, uh, I uh, played a lot of uh, RPGs uh, during my. Um, 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 yeah, jury, uh, a bit uh, later. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's uh, that's where my uh, RPG passion begins with the Nintendo DS <laughs> uh, and um, and PSP games like uh, Disgaea and uh, things like that. And um, and uh, yeah, that, that's it for my uh, my for player experience. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, wh- when did you know that you wanted to become a game developer? Oh, it was. Uh, Really, really early because, uh, yeah, as a kid, uh, I, I loved to draw some level design for 3D platformers. Like uh, every time uh, I had a new game, uh, I uh, just drew some new uh, levels. Uh, and um, yeah, it was a bit of a, a hobby as a, mm. um, as a teenager and uh, as a child. Uh, and um, yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, I thought it was inaccessible. Like uh, you, you're like, oh, it's it's a dream job. Uh, I, I can't yeah. do that. So you you start thinking about a a, a real job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quoting this because uh, yeah, your your parents or uh, that can can say that uh, to you. <laughs> um, and um, after that, uh, I made a, a jump forum. Uh, I, I visit uh, I visit visited the jump forum where there were a school about making video games mm-hmm. and I was like man it's real I can make video <laughs> games I can I can learn how to to do this 
And um, so, yeah, my, my uh, journey was pretty basic to starting this point. Uh, I, um, I searched for uh, a school. Um, I get uh, in a, a video game school. And uh, and after that, I... I, I um, uh, I have the chance. I had the chance to uh, find a job at uh, Ishtar Games, and so yeah, straight yeah. away, straight, <laughs> straight so, out Yeah, yeah, it was uh, just awesome. a, a straight line, uh, like uh, a straight I, I line mean... from Crack Bandicoot to Ishtar Games. I love it. <laughs> yeah. um, and we, you sound like you had a similar journey to me with video games as well. But I would I be right in assuming that like your early video game playing days was mostly console it wasn't like pc games you were playing yeah console it was uh, yeah it was console games uh, because my my mother loved to play uh, games uh, oh, before awesome. i was born so yeah she was playing a lot uh, the nes uh, super nes and actually when i was born she sold everything to uh, buy me a ps1 <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow. I, so uh, i did not uh, uh, have the experience to play with the whole console. I was uh, already modern, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and yeah. After that, she she uh, stopped to play, but uh, she uh, continued to buy uh, me uh, video games on console because uh, yeah, she was uh, familiar with this and not uh, on PC. It was uh, only console, and, uh, mm. and sounds uh, like it was um, maybe the, one of the best investments she ever made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you hand her a check from your? Did you get a bonus check from the last spell that you're like, this is for you? I'm gonna pay her back for the PS One. <laughs> PS One yeah, is probably I, I pretty could, expensive could, these days yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, I could do this. Yeah, but it was, it was really fun. Um, uh, two years ago, Crash Bandicoot Four uh, was released, and uh, I invited her to my. Uh, House uh, to play uh, with her uh, Crash Bandicoot for uh, as uh, <laughs> the old so days. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing, man! Wow. All right, Bruno. I don't know how you're going to top that wholesome story, Bruno. <laughs> you got to go the absolute other direction or something. But um, Bruno, what about you? When, when did you first? When did our wonderful medium first grab you? And how did you find your way into games? Yeah, I've been. I think I've been playing for as long as I remember because I have pictures of myself as a three-year-old baby and with an NES controller in my hand. <laughs> so I guess I was born in it. But yeah, just strong uh, follow as well. That's good. You had a, you yeah. had a, hard, a hard story to match and you were doing well already. <laughs> yeah, and I was... Um, I'm a bit older than than ben, than Ben because I had the master system when I was very very young and I, I always played like Sonic the Hedgehog on my master master system. But mm-hmm. I think that my best memory was the was the Dreamcast days because yeah. my mom bought it to me and I had this and I, I had of course. These yeah. French mothers like just like buying <laughs> consoles for their children. I'm getting being shortchanged over here in Australia. Yeah, you know how long I had to cam- how long I had to campaign to get a, a Nintendo and NES in my household. No, <laughs> it was a long time. It was, uh, okay. it was me. I felt like I had to sell everything to get the NES okay. in, in my house. <laughs> but sorry, continue. <laughs> no, no, my mom was very supportive of my passion for video games because yeah, I've been, I I played a lot of Sonic Adventures on my dreamcast when i was young and like one of my best memory was that i wanted the gamecube uh, when it was released and so i I had been bothering my mom so much for like 
for like six months because I wanted this console on the release date. And when we got into the into the store to buy it, the it was sold out, and I started crying. and And my mom just picked up a fight with the with the sales people because they had promised me on the phone that they had they had. Uh, they had pre-ordered one for me and it was a lie and so, <laughs> and so she was so angry because she knew that I would be a mess for the weekend and so, but in the end we still uh, managed to get a GameCube like on the on a, uh, in another shop I love um, it you know, you know you've got a mum who really cares if they're willing yeah. to go full Karen for you on the on the video <laughs> game guy right yeah that's what she did <laughs> and that's surprising because she ne- like she's never a Karen for anything like she's super nice but for this one like she's the, <laughs> the only day in my life when I saw her generally happy uh, angry with a <laughs> with a shop yeah, amazing. It's good. It's good to know she's got it in her, though. You know, like yeah. that she's willing to go the distance for you if you need. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and then and then so how did that that love of you know video games and this this NES and GameCube lead to you entering the industry? Um, I think that it started in my adolescence adolescence because I started to play the Ace Attorney games and these games like changed something for me because when I played them, I was like, okay. Uh, this is something that I want to do like later. Mm-hmm. And then, like Benjamin said, um, I started to say, okay, this is not a real job. This is a dream job. So maybe I should go for another job. So that's why I became a teacher. <laughs> and like, and two years later, I started to think, okay, this is maybe not something that I want to do for the 45 next years of my life. <laughs> and. So my partner was very supportive because he told me, okay, if that, if that's something that you want to do, like do it now, uh, try to do like try to find like a school or something. And so um, I ha- was, uh, I knew that I didn't want to do like production thing because I'm not a game designer or, or and even less of an artist. <laughs> so I started to make, um, uh, so I started to do a communication master's degree to become first a community manager and then I had uh, the opportunity to work at to find an internship at Ishtar Games and then I never left <laughs> I love it. there's gonna be something in the water at Ishtar Games you guys are <laughs> starting there and never leaving I, I love yeah. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay great so um wh- what year roundabouts did you guys join Ishtar Games Ben when when did you join uh in 2018 September so yeah, yeah. okay cool and you Bruno uh, it was in May 2017. Awesome. Okay. And Ben, why don't, why don't you take your, what's your role at Ishtar Games for our listeners here? Um, so yeah, I, I joined as a assistant project manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was a new job at Ishtar Games because uh, it was a smaller teams, a small teams working on independent games. And uh, Mathieu, our creative director, wanted to, to try to have uh, some someone uh, helping him, him on uh, <laughs> planning uh, games. Yeah. And uh, since we were a very small team, uh, uh, I did also the game design uh, because when you are manage- managing a, a project with three people, uh, it's uh, less time consuming than when you are working with a, a big team. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I had the opportunity to work on the game design as well uh, on the on the last spell, and mm-hmm. um, now I'm 
only focusing on project management because uh, yeah, the team uh, has grown uh, a lot bigger. We are now uh, working on the game. We, we are now 13, 14. Um, so yeah, it's not the same. And um, yeah, I, I stopped working on the game design like um, six months ago. Uh, okay. So, so just yeah. like sort of, um, would that be pre-launch or post-launch? Which, when did you launch the last spell? So we, we launched uh, in early access uh, in uh, June uh, 2021. Mm-hmm. And uh, we released the game uh, one month ago, so uh, in March uh, uh, of this year, so 2023. <laughs> right, so you actually you actually stepped off the game design stuff during early access and the team carried it forward from there. Yeah, the, that's right. A, that's right. That's amazing. That's, ama- that's an enviable position. I think there are so many game designers out there that are trying to like you know delegate game design on so they can do other <laughs> things, and it's like it's it's like quicksand. It's hard to get yourself out of. So, <laughs> congratulations, yeah. um, Bruno, and y- yourself. I mean, I assume you're not an intern anymore, right? Like- yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they said the intern to do the podcast. I love it. No, what, so what are you up to now? Tell us about your little journey at um at Ishtar as well. When did you join? And yeah, so I joined in uh, May 2017. First as a community manager intern. So mm-hmm. yeah, as Benjamin said, we were like a very small team. Like in the office, we had like seven or eight people, uh, including me. Uh, so yeah, it was I uh, was just doing the community management at first. And then when we, at first I, I worked on a game called Dead in Vinland, which was our previous game before the last spell. And then, uh, and then for the for the last spell, I started to to focus more on the on the marketing aspect, even with uh, with our publisher on board. Uh, and then, as we as we started to grow even bigger, we started to develop other games than the last spell um, as well. And so, I started to focus more on the marketing side, which is why I became uh, I, I went to community manager to communication manager to now marketing director and now i i do less um, i do much less uh, community management because we have uh, now an uh, of our own community manager in the team so now i do more i focus more on the marketing and planning strategy aspect and less on the on the answering to the steam forums yeah yeah i know it's like it's interesting. It's like, so there's so much fun to be had though in those little bits, like whether it's game yeah. design, obviously like in the nuts and bolts of that, but like interacting with the community, some of my fondest memories over the 20 oh, yeah. years at League of Geeks is like on the Armello forums, you know, talking to folks about their experience or the game, especially during early access. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Okay. So look, um, y- y- did you both join around like dead in Vrindland time? Was that, were you both working on that or did you, was, was it sort of, was the last spell spinning up as you, as you came on board? When did the last spell development start? Um, so it started when uh, I arrived, so September uh, 2018. <laughs> You're like, I'm uh, here, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was a, a bit like that. Uh, yeah, Mathieu uh, started to look at uh, new people to work uh, on uh, the last spell, so he, mm-hmm. he wanted uh, a new uh, uh, assistant uh, for him uh, planning uh, the game and a new developer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, it started l- like that. So when I arrived, the high concept was uh, written. So there was uh, the uh, the law was written. Um, the 
game concept was written. Um, mm -hmm. On the artistic side, it was uh, not so advanced uh, mm -hmm. because at the very beginning, so uh, historically, uh, Ishtar Games is uh, we made a lot of uh, contract uh, games. So we worked oh, right. a lot uh, with uh, yeah. Like fee-for-service style games, like people just getting you, like hiring you to make games for them, you mean? Yeah, uh, games yeah. for companies like uh, advertise yeah. or educational yeah, game. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. And um, yeah, it was uh, around uh, 2015. Uh, 15. Uh, Mathieu was, uh, yeah, it was, he was upset uh, about this, like uh, I want to make uh, games for players and not for companies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, he divided uh, the, the studio in two teams, like the teams working on the contract games and the teams working on independent games. And uh, in 2018, uh, at the start of the last spell, it was, uh, it, it was still a thing, like uh, most of people uh, were working on contract games. And mm -hmm. we were a, a few working on the last spell and in Vinland. And uh, our main artist for the last spell won a, uh, was on the contract game. So yeah, art was uh, really, uh, really, really early when uh, I joined. And, and uh, he started working on the game like uh, six months later. So yeah, the first prototype of the last spell was uh, <laughs> very, very uh, ugly. <laughs> 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 that's good usually that means it's a good prototype <laughs> the uglier they are right um so you know we're talking a lot about the last spell i just want to mention as well so there's there's a, a few founders of ishtar which we will no doubt mention at different points through the podcast i mean you've mentioned mathieu the ceo and creative director you've also got frederick the commercial director yeah. and yes. then christophe yeah yeah. Uh, seeing, yes, yeah, who's, yeah game designer right so um you know, in case we're referencing these these random yeah. names through the, the podcast, that's who we're talking about, right? And your Ishtar is based in Bordeaux. Uh, no. uh, one, we have one office in Bordeaux and one office in Lille, and but the main, the the like the headquarter is in Lille, so it's in Lille, the north right, of okay. France. Yeah, oh, beautiful. I've never been to Lille. I've been to Bordeaux. Stunning. <laughs> um, I'm trying to collect French towns going around. It's such a beautiful <laughs> part of the world. Um, <laughs> So, how, how many folks at Ishtar Games are we talking about? Um, right now, I think we have like 40, 39 or 40 people. Yeah, oh, great. Fun size. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, cool. All right. Um, and you know what? I think it's probably a great idea as well for us to actually, we've mentioned the last spell so much. You've had such great success with this game. Um, it's I, I'm fully addicted to it right now. Um, and we luckily, we have the marketing director on the call with us right now. So give us the elevator pitch, Bruno. Explain to our listeners, for those who may not be familiar with it, they've just booted up for the podcast because they love listening to people talk about game development. Um, tell us about the last spell. Yeah, so basically the last spell is like a, ta a roguelite tactical RPG where instead of having like uh, uh, five characters versus five characters, you have three characters versus like uh, 200 or 300 uh, enemies. So this is why I, we usually say that the last spell is like a Fire Emblem meets Dynasty Warriors because oh, you, have the, you have the tactical aspect and the huge huge fight uh, killing like hordes of enemies as well but, like i can t i love the this meets that you know like um jlo or jump light odyssey our game we like to say is like ftl meets two point hospital mm. um armello is game of thrones meets kung fu panda <laughs> um, but like 
<laughs> that is so so good fire emblem cross dynasty warriors is like that's yeah. such a great like elevator pitch i love it um and yeah like we said it, it's just had such great success but i mean it was it seems it, you know like a lot of these things do in retrospect it seems so deliberate but like i've read you did a fantastic um little write-up um bruno for um well actually quite detailed write-up for um simon carlos's game discover code newsletter um mm, which was yeah. great so i'm really really keen to hear about this journey of the game let's so let's sort of go through the chronology of it um we, let's let's start from that that first prototype when you came on board how what were your sort of maybe Bruno, you can dive in here and talk about any sort of commercial aspirations at that time. You know, you're making a game, but it sounds like the founders have their eyes set on some commercial aspirations here yeah. as well. Um, yeah, well, actually one funny, one fun fact about, uh, about the last pale is that when we started to work on the game and when Benjamin joined, uh, the idea was like to make a, a little small games because <laughs> the previous game Dead in Vinland was very heavy, like, uh, in terms of narration and all. Right, and we, okay. and we were like, okay, we are going to make like this small game, like no narration and yeah, it will be and like just something. to have a, a pose, <laughs> <laughs> a break. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, this little small project that yeah like a few people and it will be done and it ended up being our most ambitious project yet and <laughs> our most commercially successful game there's a, it's almost like there's a lesson in that right like you know obviously i have the privilege on this podcast of you know interviewing the year's most successful game developers as they come along and you'll I'm sure you wouldn't be amazed at how many of them actually come on and say, yeah, we just tried to make a small game or like <laughs> the game was so small and then it blew and blew up and blew up. So yeah, totally understand. Okay. So that was the sort of the start of those aspirations. Mm. So Benjamin, could you see from that first prototype that there was more promise there, that it was some, that it was something bigger potentially than the, than the small game or were you still sort of trucking along thinking you were making something a little smaller? Yeah. Um, Actually, the the, the game uh, grow uh, very slowly, uh, like uh, and we, organically, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It uh, we didn't uh, see uh, it uh, coming. Like we were developing uh, features after features, uh, prototyping things, and you are like uh, stacking uh, everything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, until like a Jenga tower. Yeah, and um, it's kind of in our DNA uh, of uh, game design, uh, mixing a lot of uh, uh, mechanic uh, t t taken from uh, a lot of uh, uh, genre and uh, games. Mm -hmm. And um, that, that's why uh, The Last Spell and uh, also Dan Vinland uh, are a very complex game uh, at first because... Uh, there are a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, things going on uh, in the systems. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, how we build our game. We start with a, a very core uh, game and uh, we add uh, things uh, that can uh, uh, make the gameplay deeper and deeper. And um, yeah, that's uh, how the last spell has grown. Um, so yeah, the, the first prototype uh, was... Uh, not great. <laughs> what, was yeah, it? We, what was the first prototype? Like, what was the seed of gameplay that you had? What could you actually play? Okay, so um, our first prototype was for uh, 
uh, finding some financial uh, public uh, finance. Uh, uh, right. So yeah, you were actually building a pro a prototype for the purpose of actually pitching it to publishers and things yeah. like that. Uh, uh, and no, not no, only publishers, but also yeah. like a public financement uh, because oh, right, we have like, like funds yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was a two separate uh, things. Like for the financial part, it was a really really ugly prototype uh, with uh, not so much things going on. And for <laughs> publishers, it was uh, like uh, um, a bit more. Uh, um, yeah, a bit more uh, artistic <laughs> and uh, <laughs> with uh, more gameplay. Um, yeah. So yeah, the first prototype uh, we we had uh, the uh, the night and day cycle, and mm-hmm. uh, enemies uh, arrived uh, at night. Uh, we can kill them with some skills, uh, but uh, we had only uh, uh, thirteen uh, enemies uh, at night. So. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, very um, very few for the last spell, uh, thirteen, and uh, <laughs> yeah, we were like, uh, oh, it's not uh, it's not uh, ter- terrible. We can do better. And after that, uh, we we were like, uh, okay, we can try uh, one hundred enemies, and uh, yeah, the, the project uh, uh, started to uh, to look like. Uh, um what we have here so mm. uh, after six months of development uh, we were like uh, okay what what uh, is our scale in terms of uh, enemy numbers and at this point we we were like okay this is our one selling point like we are a tactical rpg uh with uh, a lot of enemies so let's make this uh, really really big uh just uh, to uh, <laughs> uh print this uh, in the mind of players like uh, the last spell is a tactical mm. rpg where you fight under of enemies and when when you click uh, enter on, on the first turn you see uh, uh, <laughs> 15 enemies uh, uh, 50 enemies uh, coming at you and uh, that's and yeah. yeah and that's actually how we started we ma- we made like our very first uh, teaser trailer and it was a very <laughs> like everything in this trailer like uh, it was a very successful trailer because everyone was so hyped about about the about it but like I think that eighty percent of this is totally made up, yeah. because <laughs> because we have because it's like gamers don't listen to this podcast. It's only game developers. So <laughs> yeah, it ended up it ended up ve- being very close to like to what we to what we had actually in the in the game in the end. But it was very different from what we like when we launched the game. It was very different from from the teaser. But the the main idea was to to show to the to the players like. As Benjamin said, it was okay. It's a tactical RPG, and at night, uh, like uh, lots of monsters, like blood sorcery monsters, come, and you and you can make like huge, huge skills, uh, huge skills to like kill uh, ten. 10 in 10 enemies in in one shot and that's exactly what we what we wanted to to convey to the to the players like this was the idea that we wanted to play the players to keep in mind and that's what they did apparently and i I think it's a great uh, things to make a fake video of gameplay Uh, because we can use this uh, as a goal to reach like Mm. uh, okay if we we, uh, if the game uh, game uh, isn't like the teaser uh, we failed so we try (laughs) to uh, uh, yeah to be as close as the teaser we we released and uh, this teaser was made by uh, Jack our artistic director and Mathieu and uh, they were discussing about uh, what uh, they want for the final game, and uh, mm-hmm. after that, uh, it was uh, our goal to achieve this uh, teaser. 
And was that that teaser? That was the announcement trailer in yeah. in 2019. It's actually amazing because looking at that teaser, it's not. It doesn't feel far from the game. So, yeah. like you know, like you say, Bruno, it's like it's completely fake or, or whatever. But Benjamin, it sounds like it did serve that purpose of acting like a north star for the team throughout development. If I yeah. mean, if you've landed so close to it, right? Mm. Did you find yourselves like constantly returning to it through de- through development? Was it was it actually something that, like you're saying, you held up in development? Um, it was. During making it, uh, it um, uh, it helped us to identify uh, the pillars of the game, yeah. um, and after that uh, we uh, just uh, uh, stay close to those pillars. Not so much on the video, but uh, yeah, the video helped us to uh, try to find the core of the last spells, the pillars, mm-hmm. and after that uh, the pillars help us in uh, the game design to uh, mm-hmm. stay close uh, to to this. Uh, um, yeah. Did it act? Did you feel at any time hamstrung or like constrained by this teaser that you would put out into the world and those assumptions that you'd made early on about what the game could be and might be? Did you find yourself at times in development being like, oh, but if we go down that path, that's too far from the trailer? Or did you just follow your gut instinct during development and, um, you know, let those organic get good paths arise? Because yeah, it, it, it can be like a, a double-edged sword, right? It serves as a yeah. great North Star and pillar, but at the same time, you're constrained to that to some degree if that's players' expectations. Yeah, f- f- fortunately for us, uh, the, um, the teaser was only showing uh, the combat part. Yeah, so it right. was easy to, to, to follow this. And um, because uh, I, I don't want to say that the combat was easy to develop. It was hard. <laughs> but, you heard uh, it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but uh, compared to uh, the magic part, uh, like uh, the day phase when you have uh, to build the town and uh, construct some new buildings, uh, buy mm-hmm. things, uh, yeah, it was really difficult to pull something uh, um, out. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, this part uh, uh, had us uh, make a lot of prototypes to, to uh, <laughs> arrive at what we have here. And during our access, uh, we uh, made a lot of changes uh, for this uh, phase. Um, so, yeah, um, it, w- it was great to only show the combat because uh, we could, uh, we, we, we were pretty confident on where we were going uh, on this mm-hmm. um, at the time. And, uh, and at this point in time, because it's it's an interesting thing, you, and maybe you can. I'm not sure how much you can get into it, but the game actually has three publishers listed on the on the um, <laughs> on the Steam page, right? Yeah. Like, um, you were first of all, congratulations, you're acquired by Nacon, right? Like yeah. last year, was it? Yep. Yes. So yes. part of the Nacon family, and now publishing as thanks to that, it sounds like yeah. too. So Bruno, I'm sure you got your hands hands full there yeah. as well. Um, yes. So obviously that's why Nacon's name is up there, but then you've got Gamera and you've got um, arcade crew too so who, yeah. who was on in these early stages you said you set up the prototype you know yeah. to get publishers or funding on board who was on who was on in the early stages Bruno? yeah actually actually uh, it uh, it started in 2019 when we had this first, when, actually when we started to work on the on the teaser and all we we were not sure if we if we uh, we were actually going to sign with a publisher because we we knew like we could technically do it by ourselves mm-hmm. and then we so we started the, we launched the, the the teaser and then we went to game to gamescom like two weeks 
two weeks after the, the teaser. And then we started to talk with some publishers and so yeah the arcade crew like uh, came came uh, came to us and so they were very confident like they we they were they wanted to to bring the last spell to like a new a new level because they couldn't bring like uh, like um, uh, money and all mm-hmm. and so to to give us the to like to allow us to be as ambitious and we as we wanted to be with the game so that's how we started with the working with the arcade crew which yeah. was, which is the indie publishing uh, label of dotemu yeah, it and was uh, very surprising because uh, arcade crew uh, as the name says uh, is um, uh, their guidelines are uh, publishing uh, arcade game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the last spell is not an arcade game yeah. uh, but uh, at first we sold the game as an arcade feel as, uh, like yeah. Uh, yeah, okay right. we yeah. are uh, fast paced uh, tactical yeah. RPG I remember uh, that one yeah and uh, at some point uh, at this game zone we had a, a combo system uh, like in, uh, in oh, Pizza wow. Mall uh, oh. when you uh, uh, kill the enemy you 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 have a combo uh, uh, going on, and uh, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you you gain more souls at the end of the night if you had a big if combo. You're like chaining your combos together, yeah. right? Yeah, and uh, but we we give we gave up uh, this idea, but uh, <laughs> that's how we sold uh, Arcade Crew to to join <laughs> us. <laughs> Well, it did. The feature at least got you public, got you some funding, and then it can we can cut it from the game. That's good. (laughs) It's like maybe we'll put a first person mode in our game and see if we can get the publishing. I actually just want to take a moment to dive into that decision. Like I know it might have, but Benjamin, can you remember the decision? Because it's just interesting, right? Like that's such a such a tried and true mechanic that no doubt I'm sure worked in many ways, but what made it not so right for the last spell? Did it make it to early access and you figured that out or did you pull it before early access? Tell us how you went through the process of, you know, knowing to cut that. Yeah. um, So we we gave up this idea uh, just before our first uh, demo in uh, 2020. Um, And, um, yeah, it was um, because at first we, we thought we, ca- we could make a fast-paced uh, turn-based tactical RPG, uh, but it's not the case. You you spend a lot of time um, during uh, the turn to plan everything, like uh, move your hero, uh, oh, mm-hmm. I can make that, uh, or uh, I-, I have to start with this hero, then attack with uh, the other hero, etc. So, yeah, you have a lot of things going on in your mind, and this combo system at the top of it, like it was, uh, um, okay, you have to kill a lot of enemies during a turn to uh, have your combo higher. So you have to uh, make the enemy uh, with uh, um, a few life and then yeah. kill them uh, all at once. Uh, all at once uh, that's it. But it, it was uh, really, really... Um, complex uh considering mm. all the things uh, already going on with the yeah. <laughs> with the combat it, it sounds like it's also taking the player's motivation in a different direction than making yeah, interesting tactical decisions right mm. between like different yeah. characters yeah that, that was our, our focus the, the tactic parts of uh, of the combat yeah. and not uh, uh, actually having a combo <laughs> uh, going on it's uh, yeah it was uh, a bit off uh, with the game and um yeah, it. Uh, I think it stayed for one year uh, in the development, mm-hmm. 
And uh, at what point we said, uh, okay, we we don't have, uh, we don't need this anymore. At what point uh, it uh, it made sense, but uh, when we uh, uh, we add more uh, complex things to the combat, we say, okay, we don't need this anymore. Just uh, <laughs> we will just scrap it and um, and um, yeah. Actually, it was just for uh, um, gaining some uh, meta currency. Um, yeah, so okay, the, yeah, the, the souls, the, in the, yeah, the souls. Yeah. So it was very secondary, and uh, we said, uh, okay, uh, just uh, uh, we will uh, give up this, and uh, and it will be better for <laughs> for the players and uh, for us uh, as well. Good on you. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love it. The story of story of how things get cut is always so mm. interesting. So, so Bruno, uh, one of the things that I know is a core part of your sort of like uh, your marketing roadmap, let's say, mm. or your path to launch as an indie were yeah. these uh, Steam Next Fest or Steam Game Festivals. So, were yeah. you were you around in the in the glory days of being able to do more than one Steam Next Fest? Did yes. you do more than one? Yeah, yeah. Like, lucky bastards, amazing. Okay, yeah, it was so, the golden you, days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first one, I think you you were saying that you were you were targeting like June 2020. There was yes. the June. Did you and you managed to do a Next Fest then? Yes, yeah, actually, yeah, it was, uh, we, uh, I think it was in March or in April 2020 that we started to hear about the, the next fest. And it was like very new, like we did not know what to, what to expect. Yeah. So we internally, like with Mathieu and Benjamin, we said, okay, maybe you should do, we should do a demo. But mm-hmm. it was like, um, it was, uh, it, it led uh, it led the development to take a very different path because it was not planned at the beginning. Like uh, one month ago, we had no idea that we were going to do a demo. So Benjamin <laughs> had to make a lot of a lot how of to, changes. How to make enemies with the good development team one hundred and one, right? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. Actually, it was great because it was the beginning of the pandemic and. Um, yeah. And this news, like, uh, okay, we will show for the first time uh, uh, the game to the public, was like a, a goal in our mind. And, uh, mm. yeah, it helped us to uh, forget oh, about what, what, what was going on uh, in the world. Oh, like, we are focused uh, on uh, on the demo and uh, <laughs> yeah. we can think uh, all about that. So, so, yeah, and we, so, yeah, we, and and uh, in June 2020, that was also the, the moment, I, I think, that we announced the, the publishing with uh, with the Arcade Crew. So, and what was good is that this, this demo allowed us to have like so many new new wish lists and uh, and even even for the development team it was very good because we so, so many new players like were uh, like went into our discord and started to right. say okay this game is very fun so it was a very nice motivation for for the for the team mm-hmm. uh, and yeah and this was the this was the year when we could do like multiple steam next fest so, uh, so yeah we were very happy with the right. june one and so we took part in the october one or September, I don't know, but yeah, it yeah. was the autumn one, I think, um, and and also that's that's in the in October 2020 was the date when we started to the the prologue, which was a bit different from the demo. Interesting. Okay, we'll get onto the prologue in a mm. bit. I because I, I love that notion as well. That's awesome. Um, what do you remember, Bruno? Like the things that you know you're going to Benjamin with, like at Next Fest, like the biggest things. You're probably both there in the forums, no doubt, all over it. What was, 
what was the thing that stood out in your mind from from the players when they first interacted and engaged with it at Next Fest? Was it kind of just like universal, yes, more of this, we love it, or was there was there a particular thing that they they gravitated towards the most that you lent into, or something? Was there a particular pain point or blind spot that you hadn't seen that you you know you moved on pretty quickly before the next next fest? Um, what I remember, okay, it was like three years ago, so it started. Uh, it's a bit old now, but yeah, what I remember is that we had we absolutely did not know what to expect with the next fest because it was like very new and yeah. it was like something that Steam that. Valve never had never done before, so we didn't even know it, it if it was gonna gonna have some success. But we had like much more players than we anticipated, and what stood uh, stood out the most to to me is the the fact that so many players started to theory crafting the. Um, Theory crafting the the game already and making their their own strategy, mm-hmm. and it was like it was great. But yeah, maybe Benjamin can say a bit more about. Like how the the dev, the the development team um, like felt about the the first players' feedback. Yeah, I, I can. <laughs> so uh, as Bruno says, uh, um, when we launched the demo, uh, our Discord uh, started to to grow really really fast. Uh, uh, before the demo, uh, there were uh, just. Uh, uh, one message uh, per day on, uh, <laughs> yeah. on so, our yeah. community because discord you and, already had the community discord from yeah. previous games and things, yeah or? we yeah, yeah cool. launched it in 2018 with dead in finland okay cool yeah yeah so um, yeah the, the link was the same uh, the same discord server and uh, um, yeah during the the demo it, it was crazy like uh, we couldn't uh, <laughs> read uh, all the mis- <laughs> messages and uh, all the players uh, Theory crafting the, the demo and, and we, we knew it was unbalanced because uh, yeah it's a demo and uh, you yeah, don't have time to uh, to do something uh, uh, perfect uh, but uh, yeah it was uh, crazy to see uh, all the players uh, uh, actually uh, having fun on the game um, <laughs> um, and uh, because uh, yeah it's uh, uh, in the game design team we, we tested a, a lot the game and uh, I think all the game designers can say that uh, you you don't have to fun anymore with your game when mm. you are testing it uh, for hundreds <laughs> of hours. Um, so yeah, you you started to have uh, some uh, doubt about the game. Like, uh, okay, I'm not having fun, but uh, is it because I play this game uh, every day, or is it yeah. because uh, the mechanics are bad? Are bad? So mm-hmm. yeah, the demo was uh, really uh, reassuring for us. Uh, like, okay, we are making a um, a great game <laughs> people are enjoying it and uh, um, the uh, things that players didn't like was uh, the day phase so where you build uh, your structures and uh, improve your hero it was a uh, uh, a bit a mess <laughs> in terms of yeah, mechanic yeah. and um, like too complicated or hard like they didn't understand it or too much or too little what can you remember what they didn't like um, yeah, it was too complicated because uh, it was uh, an initiative uh, because uh, we didn't have uh, much uh, tutorials. But for the combat part, uh, every player, uh, so a big part of players understand uh, understood the combat without a tutorial. But yeah, it's a tactics the, game, right? They yeah, get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but for the day phase, it was really complex. Uh, when we saw the messages, uh, 
they were talking about things, but uh, not the good way. Like uh, uh, we clearly saw that they didn't uh, understand the mechanics, and mm -hmm. um, and yeah, we have uh, we had a big uh, balancing issues with uh, our mechanics uh, mm -hmm. for the day phase. Um, so we knew after this demo that was our main focus for the next milestone. Like, okay, we need to revamp everything on this uh, phase uh, to uh, make the player more satisfied. And uh, uh, we know we knew that we had uh, uh, the prologue uh, coming up. So we are like, uh, okay, for yeah. the prologue, uh, the combat is great. Uh, let's uh, not change that and just uh, work on uh, uh, revamping uh, all uh, the the day phase. Great. Okay, so let, let's get on. Let's get on to that prologue because, because as you say, that sort of came out around the time of like yeah. the um the next the next fest, right? Um, in in yeah. October. Um, yes. <laughs> so let. Bruno, how did that idea come about at first? And tell me and our listeners what that idea actually is. What do you what do you mean when you say a, a prologue instead of a demo? So yeah, it was um it was a very different time from from today because nowadays there are much less prologues uh, in general on Steam. But at the time in twenty twenty, it was like prologue was the very new and very popular thing to do. Like we had every like most uh, most uh, indie games would do a prologue and a prologue is like uh, a way to a way to garner some to get together some some wish list because players would say would say okay this is supposed as a prologue this is supposed to be like the first i don't know the first the first hour of the yeah yeah the first hour of the of the game and the um, actually, a prologue is supposed to be like a very, very close to what to what the the actual game would would actually turn out turn out to be. So the idea behind the prologue was to say, okay, we are going to do like the f first five nights uh, of the game, and uh, the and the law would say, okay, this is the this is the the beginning uh, mm -hmm. of the um, of the game, and but yeah, it was. It was surprising because because at the time like everyone would do it and some some games would some games would have like lots of success with their prologues and other would not have so many, so much success and mm. for us we didn't have lots of success with the prologue and we don't really know why maybe because the demo was already a huge success and so maybe we maybe the target audience already knew about the game and already right. had the, the game on their on their wish list mm -hmm. but but from what i remember and tell me if i'm wrong benjamin the the product was not that different from the demo i think that you did some changes but yeah we, we we did some changes on the day phase and uh, yeah. yeah we we had our answers because um, but you're right bruno uh, essentially uh, Players from the prologue are players from the Steam Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was interesting to have their feedback, but uh, mm -hmm. it was uh, um, it was it the same like a... amount of players and uh, yeah. not yeah. new players um, coming in. Uh, in now, this prologue was it um, was it a 
new app or a new Steam page that you were yes, directing yes. people like, yeah. So it's a whole new Steam page. You put up yeah. like a free prologue that yes. then at the end or something links to a wish list to the actual game. Yeah, or, exactly. Yeah, yeah so uh, we... It's we, tricky, we, I love it. <laughs> but, uh, but we discuss a lot with Bruno and uh, we conclude to have a, a button in the game to link to the real page of the yes, game. Yes, of course. Uh, in the game over panel, uh, in the main menu, uh, etc. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> just to, to make sure that the players are clicking on the good, uh, the right <laughs> button and not, uh, <laughs> yeah, not the prologue. Yeah. yeah. They'll be yeah. notified when the prologue releases eventually. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, cool. So th that's interesting. So Bruno, what did that mean for you when you, you've released this thing, the prologue doesn't perform mm. how you expect or how you anticipated and bringing this in this big new, new audience. You've now got Gamera on board the Chinese publisher as yeah. well at this point in time, right? Yes. Um, yes. You, then you're doing showcases with them, um, showcases with the Made in, made in France um, yeah. as well. Um, and then but just around the corner in February 2021, there's yet another Steam Next Fest. Am I right? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. So let, tell me about this because I'm, I'm so interested in this sort of like this multiple iterations of a demo and how it, how it you know, helped and assisted in your success. You've had one that's extremely successful, learned yeah. some things, apply, it sounds like you've applied some of them in the game and then released it as a prologue, not performed well as you would, as you would have yeah. hoped. What did you then do between the prologue and Bruno? What was your sort of, what was your focus leading into the Steam Next Fest and your hopes for that? Um, I think that we, yeah, for the one, once we had our prologue, we didn't do a lot of, a lot of updates on the, on the prologue and the, and the demo in general, because the, as you said, it was 2021 and the release of the, the game entering early access was not that far since we released in, in June. So we, we actually put a lot of, lot of focus on the development on the, on the early access, because at some point the, the, the demo product version and the actual game version started mm -hmm. to be very different from one another and from a, from a development point of view it's very hard like to maintain the mm -hmm. uh, all the all the apps to like to be to be the the same so at some point we start we we said okay the the product is is like that it's it's okay if it's um if it's a bit different from what the early access will be as long as there's no there's no like huge uh, huge critical uh, critical bug but but yeah i think that the the hard part was to was to accept to say okay the it's it's okay if the prologue is very different from what is like quite different from what the the actual game is gonna, is gonna be because we need to put our focus and our resources into the actual game as long as the prologue is is fun and not that far from the actual experience. Amazing, right? So it's like actually the answer is as you said, just that you didn't change it much at all. You're like, we've got a demo, let's just go. We got we got to focus on the early access. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I imagine Ben, that must have been like <laughs> relief to you as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Up another demo. But uh, uh, yeah, I think um, we participate in February to the Steam Land Fest, but yeah. uh, we put uh, the prologue in the demo. Like, uh, okay, uh, um, Arcade Crew was uh, <laughs> was asking us to participate to this festival, but we are like, uh, no, we are focusing on 
the, the, the lunch uh, for mm -hmm. the early access. Uh, we can do it, and uh, they said, uh, "Okay, uh, just uh, put the whole demo, uh, the prologue, and uh, it will be fine." And um, yeah, we. I think we uh, attract some new players with it, but uh, yeah, some players were uh, really disappointed. Like, uh, but it's uh, it's just the prologue. You put it, uh, you put uh, on uh, <laughs> on the Steam yeah. text. So um, yeah, it was uh, a bit weird. I understand the the move to try to attract new players, but uh, yeah, our fan base was. Uh, uh, not uh, understanding what yeah. we are doing. <laughs> I think I'm sure though, like you are still getting wish lists, you know, it's not performing yeah. the same as that first next fest. You are still getting new players in mm -hmm. and in the discord and it's growing and everything. All right. So, and then shortly afterwards, if I'm correct, you announced the launch, the release date for your early yes. access. Yeah. Um, and tell me about tell me about the the lead up to that. Like, I mean, let's start from a from a marketing perspective, Bruno, <laughs> leading up to an early access launch because there's an interesting thing here, and I'd be keen to just get your your thoughts or your personal mm. philosophy on early access marketing versus, yeah. um, and especially for indies, this is a really big question, right? We don't have the huge AAA budgets that some folks do to you know just spend it all a couple times or whatever. So, what? How do you, what, what what were your plans for early access in regards to marketing? And were you still thinking that the big bang was coming like later on, and you, this was sort of like a little launch, or were you giving it all that you had? Um, actually, yeah, it was a bit weird because even like even like we had like we had near one hundred thousand wish lists, so we knew that the game was very very anticipated. We knew yeah. that players were very hyped about the game, but. We really didn't know like what to expect in in terms of, of sales and all because at some point we even said okay okay maybe hopefully the game is good but we are like not hundred percent sure like we 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 like we had some objectives like we said okay if we sell this much then we are happy but but we still uh, but our goal was to like uh, do everything that we could for the early access launch and if it it, it it even uh, went to the to the release date because because uh, around yeah around April May we knew that we wanted to to release the game and at some point we said we were like okay we we know we want to release the game in early access but we need to release it like um, soon enough because we know that players want it and we we know that we we want to we want to to show it to the players but. Mm -hmm not too much too early because we we knew that once we started the early access we were going to be on a very intense uh, intense um, development cycle because we knew we we would need to do like a very regular updates and all and in terms of marketing yeah we like we do we did everything that we we could like we did some we did some influencers we we did like uh, we had like a new a new key art for for the for the game we we also we, there's, there's also one thing that we did and that helped us a lot a lot which was that one month before early access we had like a private beta with some of our demo players like we we picked up i think it was 20 or 30 players mm -hmm. uh, from the from the demo and we gave them like a very 
very early <laughs> early access uh, early access bid and they found so many so many bugs and issues and we <laughs> and we thank them for that because it was awful <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it's like thank you but also uh, yes. no thank you yeah <laughs> They were happy, but uh, uh, when we saw all the bugs and uh, yeah, you were the unbalanced yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, but, but yeah, I think that we tried to do like everything that we that we could to have a successful early access. But I think that uh, the main thing that we have to keep in mind is that the, the success of the game was uh, the that much of a success was a surprise to us because like the we released the game and then the hours passed and we had more and more players on the discord on the steam uh, concurrent users the the steam sale the steam sales uh, like grew so much and also we the weekend after the the release of the game so it was uh, the weekend of the 5th of june we saw like uh, streamers with a lot of lot of viewers who played the game and all and and at that at that point we said okay maybe maybe this one is going to be a hit and yeah it was a huge hit at the end yeah did you do um did you do your own influencer marketing push or anything at all or was it completely organic um no, actually uh, the the influencer was mostly handled by the by the publisher but on the i think that most of it, uh, some of it was organic, but we still had some inf- uh, sponsored, inf- sponsor, uh, sponsor streamers. Yeah. And one thing that was cool is that, like, we had a huge streamer that we that we paid money to to play the game like for two hours, and then after his uh, contract ended, he kept on playing the game like for twenty hours. So I it was, it. yeah, it was a nice investment. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Sounds like it. And so, Ben, you know, as like a game designer and project manager, you're at the pointy end of deciding, you know, deciding what to do with your marketing at Early Access versus V1.0 is one beast. But intertwined with that is even what features are going into the game. You know, it's a fine balance between enough to get people to want to check it out and purchase the game, send you feedback, engage with it but then also holding back enough that those people are going to come back again at V1.0 or that their friends are going to or that the press write about it again as well. So tell me about your approach to sort of breaking out those features and deciding what an early access launch looked like for The Last Spell. Yes. Um, uh, So uh, to begin, um, we entered the early access uh, uh, not knowing... uh, (laughs) Uh, all the content of the game. Like, we don't know uh, what we want with uh, our game. Uh, for right. example, uh, we don't know... Uh, uh, we had a run uh, that lasts uh, two days of gameplay, and uh, we were like, okay, is this the final experience? Uh, do we want to uh, add more days to this run? Or do we want to add more maps and uh, more variety? Uh, do we mm-hmm. want... Who had mini boss? Uh, yeah, it, it was really, really tough questions. And um, so you knew you had all of these levers, the directions that you could go yeah. in, whether it be features uh, or scope or content, or but it was a bit. 
you were kind of waiting, I guess, for the the community's input to, and attraction. Yeah, to sure. See. And uh, yeah. It, it was really the, the full uh, early access experience because some uh, studios uh, made the choice, and it's a great choice, <laughs> choice to uh, planify everything. Like, okay, we are going on early access. The final game is this. Uh, we are releasing uh, this uh, in one month, uh, etc. And mm-hmm. when we entered early access, we were like, okay, we are waiting for uh, community feedback. We have a wow. lot of ideas on how the game could be, but we will see uh, what players uh, want. Right. It was <laughs> and, actually that loose for you. You didn't internally like have like a really strong roadmap of like, okay, over the next month or however many sprints, we're going to be doing this new big feature. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was really uh, op- uh, actually... Um, we released the game because we were ready, like uh, we were prepared. Uh, okay, yeah, right. we, uh, the, the game uh, is, uh, we have a lot of content for an early access. Uh, mm-hmm. We can release and handle all the community feedback and uh, mm-hmm. and our project is ready to, um, to be uh, this flexible and uh, try things with the players. And yeah. um, because we have this core gameplay, uh, like the day and night phase, uh, working uh, a lot of enemies and uh, a lot of uh, items, and we're like, okay, now what we, what can we do with that? And um, we decided to make the choice with the players and uh, not alone. And because uh, it was uh, really uh, the last spell is a very strange game. Like it's a rogue, <laughs> it's a roguelite, but uh, it runs last eight eight hours, uh, ten hours. And we yeah. were like, uh, um, uh, what if the players uh, did not like that to spend a lot of time on a run? And um, yeah, it's losing a big investment after, uh, just to start again, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's different yeah, yeah. to playing Hades and getting 20 minutes or 30 minutes in and having to start again. That's a yeah, spot like getting 30 seconds in and having to start again. You know, it's a big investment. The only example we had was uh, Into the Bridge. Uh, the right, runs course, are, yeah. are very long. Yeah. But uh, we are longer than <laughs> into the bridge, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was crazy, and um, and uh, yeah, yeah. We, we are happy that players are um, uh, are, are this invested in the game yeah. and uh, want to uh, do some uh, long run, and so, um, and uh, f- and from, from uh, excuse me, uh, no, I go just, for it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, from a project management uh, perspective, uh, we actually uh, looked at some uh, other examples like uh, Dead Cells, Early Access, Early Access, Slice Spire. And uh, uh, for Dead Cells, they said, oh, it's a really great idea to have one update in advance. So uh, when you release an update, uh, you already have another update. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And we were like, oh, that's really cool. We have to do this. Uh, <laughs> we, uh, uh, but uh, it was impossible to, to make. Uh, we, we had this for the first update. Yeah. Uh, so we released an update uh, one month later uh, with uh, some new content, uh, customization. Um, but uh, yeah, that was the only time we were in advance uh, in uh, our early access. <laughs> Just was... that first month. Yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Uh, when we re- released the game, uh, we were ready to almost ready to launch the next uh, update. But wow. um, but yeah, Amazing. it was uh, <laughs> the first okay, and only so- time. So tell me a little, just to give us a little bit of an understanding, can you remember just the major features or the scope of the game when it went to early access? Like what was in there and what wasn't? 
Um, so we there... had like the first the first town, the first town. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go for it. You <laughs> me. Um, so we had one map, one boss. Um, we had all our weapons. So our all of oh, wow. our gameplay was. Uh, so yeah. your gameplay was there, like ready to go and be expanded upon. We, yeah. we improved uh, it a lot during the access, but yeah. uh, all our uh, archetypes uh, of gameplay uh, were there. Um, we had all uh, of our buildings, like uh, ballista, traps, uh, it was already there. And um, and um, yeah, I think that's it. And we have the, our meta progression. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it was really grindy <laughs> at first uh, <laughs> because of some uh, unbalanced things, and uh, yeah, we we wanting uh, uh, um, a bit to add the gates to the game, but uh, a bit much. So mm. um, and uh, yeah, the access uh, was really uh, improving all of that stuff. So we we had a lot of content during the beginning of our access. Mm -hmm. But instead of uh, some uh, access who which who had uh, uh, a lot of contents, we basically just uh, focused on uh, reworking all of our system during our access. Right. And, okay. And so your early access wasn't so much about expanding the content that was there, but just taking in community feedback and refining the game. Yeah. And uh, the content um, was uh, releasing new levels, new map, but um, apart from that, uh, we didn't uh, add uh, much content to the game, and mm. uh, that's uh, that's a bit of frustration because uh, you you have all your systems ready, uh, <laughs> refined with a lot of player feedback, and uh, yeah. and that's all. You, you uh, the content is the same for the game since the beginning of all access. Uh, apart from the maps, uh, which is a, a big part, but, uh, yeah, of course, but yeah. uh, uh, weapons, the weapons are the same, the buildings are the same, um, the <laughs> perk system, uh, we revamped it uh, uh, totally during uh, all access, but um, yeah, we wanted, we, we designed the system to add more perks, but uh, in the game, uh, this is the base content, uh, we yeah. didn't have time to add more perks, so... Yeah, it's a bit of mm. uh, frustration, but... Uh, <laughs> so but, what was the um, what was the first thing that when... So you've got this first update ready to go, you're you're ready to get that out, but obviously now the broader community, like the Steam public, are able to just buy this game now. Mm -hmm. And as you said, Benjamin, you're like, you're waiting for people to like tell you what direction they want you to take the game in an early access. What was the what was the thing that you heard overwhelmingly from folks? What did they what did they request for update two? Essentially, the screaming masses, the the horde in the night. I, I know what I know what they wanted. Yeah, <laughs> tell me, Bruno. There's one thing that they wanted, but we can we never gave we never been able to give them to to them what uh, building rotation because that's something that they they wanted like they wanted to be able to rotate the the buildings and mm -hmm. to and so as, uh, in terms of 
in terms of production it was something that was never that was not possible to do uh, in terms of development so uh, it was like uh, four uh, times the content right on every building but people uh, <laughs> doesn't realize that we are a 2d game we are not a 3d <laughs> game you, you can't <laughs> rotate things yeah, we can't spin the camera here folks yeah, yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's that's so frustrating. That must be so hard. I know we uh, we had um, something in our mellow, which is just hot seat play. You know, so you could you could get on the one computer and with your family or your your friends around it, you could sit there or have it up up on your Xbox and pass the controller around. But the game is never designed for that from the start because you see the cards that everyone else has. But it's been the one thing that our community for literally seven or eight years has been like, <laughs> we want this thing, and we just can't give it to them. It's it's so heartbreaking. What but could you give them? What did they ask for, Ben, that you were like, I can do that? Yeah, it was uh, clearly a, a new map. Uh, um, a lot of players, uh, because, yeah, we were asking ourselves uh, um, if we had to extend the map we have, have had, but uh, players were like, no, no, I want to play another level with the same, uh, like, uh, give me another map with another boss, uh, with mm -hmm. another theme. and. Um, yeah, we were like, uh, and before the release of our access, it was in our plan. Like, uh, okay, mm -hmm. in during the access, we will make another map uh, to see if players uh, are liking it. If we are liking it, uh, like, uh, uh, if it's a thing to produce, if we can make it, because uh, uh, our first map, uh, Lakeburg, we had it uh, since uh, the first demo. So we yeah. never did another level design for the game uh, <laughs> since that. So, so, um, so uh, yeah, we were like, okay, that's our new main focus, uh, making uh, a new level uh, and uh, developing all uh, the, yeah, uh, starting revamping all the systems uh, with mm -hmm. the feedback. So you had, did you have the system and the structure there, it sounds like, to support these multiple maps and everything yeah. as well yeah. yeah it was it was um it was an intention uh, as i said we didn't know knew where we were going but we prepared everything yeah okay uh, if uh, we make a lot of levels uh we had we have to have a world map to select the level so uh, yeah. at the start of the early access there were this uh, a, a world map to select levels even if there is one uh, <laughs> you can just uh, uh, select the difficulty uh, of it mm -hmm. and yeah, um, it, yeah i love it it sounds like they fell for your trap card it's like yeah. you, you set them up you set them up perfectly did you uh, i hope you were at least like ah. Uh, Bruno, I hope you're like, look, this is going to be, it's really tough, folks. I don't know if we can get maps, but we'll see what we can do. Um, and we'll, I'll get back to you next week. <laughs> um, yeah. And what, what's interesting about the early access is that, is that well, I think that one thing that we did, we did right in the, in the game is that we always stayed very transparent with our players in terms of communication. Because when people, when players get a game in early access, uh, they are, they are definitely fine with the with the bugs and the issues and the fact that it's not finished. But what they need to know is that that we are working on the game and we we know what we and and they know what they are they are getting in the next few months few months. So like for example, 
the first thing that actually that uh, they actually uh, asked when we released the game in early access it was the what the was the roadmap uh, they they wanted they needed to know mm-hmm. like uh, where we are where we are were headed and and the fact that yeah and the, the fact that there were some features during early access that were harder to make than the others mm-hmm. or the, there was some for example, when we when we revamped the um, the perks, it was a very huge, a very huge undertaking because we basically uh, the uh, Benjamin and his team had to redo redo like a lot of systems, and we were very transparent with our players about it. We definitely we said them, okay, this is this is something huge, and this is why, for example, we are going to have to delete your your save, and and the fact that we were very transparent and very upfront about it is the one thing that helped us a lot because in the end they they don't they didn't uh, they didn't like um, uh, they were they were not very angry about about the changes that we make that we mm. made because we were very transparent uh, with the reasons why we did uh, so, some changes and for example yeah for some part the fact that we had to rem- to delete their save and for some players it was like huge yeah, it's a big they, deal yeah yeah because they had invested like hundreds of hours and we basically told them okay you're going to lose to lose those, those hundreds of hours yeah. but the fact that we like carefully explained them explain to them why we need to do to do it why the the perk system was not working for us and the the fact that if if we need to if we redo we redo it we need to remove everything because it would be like impossible to to keep their actual the actual save um mm-hmm. yeah the, when we when we actually deleted their say their their data um they, we didn't have any like we didn't have any a lot of yeah yeah, yeah. any complaint yeah Mm. Yeah, they were uh, actually it was the meta system not the pack system (laughs) uh, for the reset uh, of the save and um, yeah players were pretty happy to start over (laughs) the game Uh, like uh, we changed uh, a lot of things with this update so they were yeah. like, oh, cool, a uh, new way to rediscover the game. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's cool. It's kind of like when you play World of Warcraft and you, you roll a new character, you know, when an update yeah, comes out or that's something. A, I, I think that's the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it's thanks to Bruno and uh, his team because uh, we prepared our players to this. Uh, like since the beginning of our access, we said, okay, at what point we will have to uh, uh, delete your save um, we want to make it uh, only once, but uh, we can tell if we uh, will have to make it uh, several times. Uh, but our plan is to make it uh, once. Uh, the but it'll be person. worth it. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, yeah, when we started to develop uh, this update, uh, um, Bruno and his team uh, published some uh, uh, blog posts uh, like, okay, we are doing it in the next month or two. Uh, we will delete your ah. save. 
And right. uh, so you gave them a really long heads yeah. up. You yeah. Let them know yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And it was very, very funny because like the very first reaction were, were angry reaction. Like people say, okay, no, I don't want myself deleted and all. And it was like, uh, like the seven uh, stages of grief because, <laughs> because at first like they were angry and then they were like a bit sad. And then they were like, okay, when's the, when's the delete? I can't wait. Uh, I need to, I need to know when. And then, and then as Benjamin said, they were very happy about it so yeah yeah i totally hear you on the building trust thing like fostering trust is so important through that transparency um in our seven years or so of live service support on armello the by i think like a factor of five the most popular steam announcement we ever made was a post when we came in in the morning and we realized we'd introduced like a 23% crash rate to the game and we had to roll back a major update that we just released. And we had to tell, we just told them, we're like, hey, we're rolling back this update. We fucked up. Here's our dashboard with the crashes. That's this update. And everyone was, it had like thousands of likes and comments <laughs> and everyone being like, oh, shit happens. Best of luck. <laughs> when it gets, you know, like, thank you for being so transparent. It's, re it's really, it's really endearing. I think we don't see, I think it's because it's unfortunately a bit of a, can be a bit of a rare thing in video games, especially mm. with some of the larger PR machines. Yeah. But look, early access, big journey. It's huge. Let's, um, let's get onto, uh, uh, onto the full release. So coming into full release, Bruno, I, I know what you, you saw, how many units did you sell in like a month or two months or something? It was wild. Uh, yeah, uh, like you mean since the 1.0? Yeah, 1.0, yeah. Yeah, 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 we released uh, yeah, we sold like uh, 60 60,000 units, so which is uh, yeah, amazing. Which is, uh, yeah, incredible. Which is great and yeah, uh, same as uh, the early the, the beginning of early access, we didn't know what to expect because when we look at other games in early access like there are games in early access when we when they release in 1.0 they have a huge success and other don't so we were like yeah. okay, maybe maybe this will sell but one thing one thing we know is that is that lots of players uh, had actually already bought the game because the game was very was very generous in terms of content even before the end of early access. So mm -hmm. the, the fact that we had yeah so we had a nice success in the first month of 1.0 was a great surprise for us. Amazing. And so Ben, again talking about that like the difference between the feature set in you know, in early access and then V1.0, going into early access, not knowing what the game is going to become later, did you have any sort of big features that you were dropping at V1.0 on people? Or was it kind of just like, more improvements, we're done, have fun? Um, yeah, the, the one major thing was the final map because uh, when we decided uh, at what point in during early access, uh, uh, we were sure where we were doing uh, where we were going, excuse me. Yep. <laughs> so, um, yeah, at one point you said, okay, the game, now we know what the game is. <laughs> it will be... Uh... <laughs> Thank you, community. Yes, yeah. we have, yeah, we, you've helped us figure so, it out. Uh, this uh, this happened, uh, happened uh, during, I think, uh, April, April uh, 2022. Mm -hmm. So uh, almost one year after the access, uh, we said, uh, okay, we know what we want to do with the game. Uh, we will have uh, we will have five map uh, with uh, five div different boss. Uh, actually, uh, I, <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, we have um, 
excuse me, we have uh, five bosses uh, yeah. and f- five <laughs> maps. Uh, we have uh, five maps, but one map is for the tutorial, and uh, the five over uh, the four others uh, are uh, real maps. Um, so yeah, we we know uh, what we want to uh, to accomplish to release the game, and um, and uh, with that uh, we made a, a, a roadmap uh, in an internal roadmap. With, okay, this, this update will have absolutely this. But we always um, let some space for the community feedback. Yeah. So uh, this so update, uh, yeah, this update will have uh, two more bosses, uh, and we left some blank uh, for community feedback. Mm-hmm. This update will have the new map uh, blank for the community feedback, etc. Um, right. And uh, and for the end, for the 1.0, uh, there where there was uh, the final map uh, with the final end like uh, yeah. okay, this is so for, end. Our, for our listeners right like you're playing you are the commander and you're going from town to town or map to map essentially right like yeah. and so the fight the last map is the last chapter of the game essentially the yeah, final exactly. ending to the game mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think it's pretty common for alexis to to do that like adds yeah. uh, dead cells uh, adding the final chapter to the story like okay we are releasing the game here's the final uh, yep, <laughs> the final totally. map the final level and uh, you can enjoy the, the final experience like that yeah um, amazing and Br- Bruno how did you go with the press like how, tell me about your, your your approach for the press getting them on board and how did you feel it went um, it was it was a little bit surprising because well, not some surprising but uh, the fact is that <clears throat> When when the when we tell about the press uh, about an, a game that has just released uh, uh, in early access so in twenty twenty one, some some journalists will be like, okay, I will wait for the one point to be released, and so when yeah. we reach out to them again in uh, d- during the one point they say, okay, no, this game is too old, so it's a, it's a bit weird, but yeah, we had mm. some press that were like that, but uh, what what one thing that we what that was cool with the 1.0 is that we did the console versions as well. So we right. had the switch, so switch and PlayStation. Build PlayStation up, like, saturate 4. the airwaves yeah. with that sort of stuff. Yeah. So so yeah. So the, the so so for the for all the console specialized press, the game was very very new and it was huge. It was a huge game. So it was mm-hmm. a nice a nice way of approach. And then for for the for the PC. PC focused press, we said, okay, this game was a, was a huge success during all access, and now it's finally finished. Now we have the the final chapter. So there, so there, there you go, and and yeah, we had we did have some very nice uh, articles. We had some articles on Kotaku, on PC Gamer. Um, on Rock Paper Shotgun, and we also had some some reviews on Nintendo Live, for example, for example, for the for the for the Switch version. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. But but it's uh, the fact that we went out of early access is a bit weird because we are not we're not a new game because the game was already nearly yeah, two years old. But it was also the very official the the actual official release of the game. So it was. A bit between the two. 
Yeah, it's getting it's getting harder and harder with you know whether it be press or influencers yeah. or even your players. I mean, some press are even reviewing games in early access now, which yeah, is yeah. is it not like that's a that's an absolute nightmare to me to think about that. Like your game being reviewed in early access, um, yeah. But like it, it's so it's totally tricky to navigate that and trying to convince folks like, hey, this is it, this is the big one, and lining up your marketing, your mm-hmm. like we're saying features and holding back some. And, yeah. But anyway, c- congratulations. It's been absolutely amazing i'm i'm pretty i think i'm pretty ready to wrap this up we've had a wonderful conversation but there's something that's got to be mentioned here which is lakeberg legacies (laughs) yeah right so bruno fill us in you got you got another game coming out what like q2 this year uh, yeah, it's everything. In a, yeah, in a, in a few, yeah, in a few few months. But yeah, Lake Legacies is a very is a, actually a very uh, well has been in development for now a few a few years. We announced it in um, we announced it in June twenty twenty one during the PC PC gaming show. And actually, what what happened is that we we actually took part in the well. When when we announced the game, we we knew that it was interesting to the players because we had lots of wish lists during the, the announcement, but we released a demo during the the last next fest, so in February, and we got a lot a lot of wish lists because right now we have more than one hundred and ten thousand wish lists, with, so which is huge. And one thing that's very that's been crazy to us is that thanks to the to the this demo is definitely the best marketing material that we ever did because <laughs> because we had we have so many organic uh, organic uh, streams and videos and content even on TikTok because. One thing that we did not expect is the fact that this game is uh, very interesting for the cozy players mm. uh, because yeah, Lakeberg is um, like is a management simulation game uh, mixed with dating sim because it's a management game where you take part of the love life of your inhabitants, and so and it's very the art direction is very very sweet, very colorful, and so the cozy players actually love the game and so we had like uh, we saw on tiktok like uh, videos with with uh, hundreds of thousands of views which brought us thousands of wish lists so yeah it's Amazing. been quite crazy uh, every day on uh, like even last night on on discord on our discord server we had one player who had spent 160 hours on the demo of legberg which is, <laughs> which is crazy. I feel at that at that point you almost have a responsibility to step in and be like, play something else. Come on, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> other games. Yeah, that's yeah, incredible. But but yeah, we are very excited excited about about it because it's uh, the it's the it's the very f- next uh, yeah it's the next game after the that we are going to release after the the last spell and it's very different because the last <laughs> spell is like very dark and very gore with a lot of blood and and skeletons <laughs> and all glam metal and, synth wave in your ear while you're like making the hardest decision of your life yeah, yeah and like <laughs> it's like very cute like you just you just make sure that the entire the that that uh, that your inhabitants are very happy because they they are not cheating on anyone which is hard <laughs> so, uh, so it's very different but very it's exciting. such a great yeah. it's such a great concept i love it. i watched you know i saw the trailer um and it's 
it, it just it's so so fantastic at communicating mm. like you said the marketing materials are communicating yeah. we all have that friend that consistently inserts themselves into everyone's love lives and i feel like this <laughs> game is made specifically for that friend that we all have so i think you know yeah. you heard it here first folks i think ishtar games got another hit on their hands um <laughs> yeah. and also one question lakeberg is it is it set within the last spell universe <laughs> Hey, you, you, we, yeah, no comment or uh... <laughs> no that's that, that actually uh, an intent joke uh, <laughs> like uh, uh, what uh, what will be the next uh, the name of the next game uh, I don't know uh, we have to find uh, uh, a name for uh, medieval village oh we could uh, name it uh, Lake Bergen <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it begin and but uh, we uh, added some um, Something in the game yeah. to uh, Easter egg to uh, <laughs> to remind the last spell. Uh, but yeah, yeah and right. one of the best discussion on on Discord and on Steam is like uh, players debating on whether the Legler Legacy is before the last spell or after the last spell. They are trying to do like a timeline. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome! It's like pre-apocalypse or post-apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Depends on their ending for the last spell, I guess. Um, well, congratulations again, gentlemen. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, fantastic time i'm having with with uh, the last spell congrats on all your success both critical and commercial um you know your recent acquisition and joining the nacon family mm. publishing games sounds like a very exciting time over there in lille and bordeaux um super keen on lake Bag legacies as well so thanks for joining <laughs> thank me here you. today thank you yeah it was a pleasure thank you very to, much yeah. it was a pleasure Thank you for joining us for the Game Maker's Notebook. For more information on the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences, our podcasts, and our other initiatives, please visit www.interactive.org.